Did you know that cultivating mindfulness is ultimately a form of behavior change? And one of the greatest behavior change researchers in the world is Professor BJ Fogg. And he focuses on a concept and research approach he developed called Tiny Habits. So today we're talking about mindfulness and tiny habits. My name's Shamesh, this is the Teach Mindfulness podcast. And I'm going to be talking to you more about tiny habits and why I'm passionate about it. So when I was researching mindfulness and helping people to become more mindful, I've taken all sorts of different approaches. And traditionally, you learn, you know, when you do mindfulness teacher training to to guide people in these long meditations, 30 to 40 minutes. And, you know, some people, they go on retreats for a week or even longer. So very extended, deep practices. I found that some people just couldn't get into it and you know the average person doesn't really do any meditation at all and I was wondering why that was and also going through my own personal challenge I would get into meditation for months on end and then something would happen and I would get out of the habit and then it would actually take me a while to get back into the habit and through that process I'd feel bad that I'm not doing it and why can't I do it and what's wrong with me blaming myself for it and not really just thinking I'm not disciplined enough. And then I learned about behavior design and behavior change design. And the idea is that to change our behavior is more difficult than we think, but it's not difficult because it's really hard. It's, it's difficult because we haven't learned how to change our behavior. And the reason why, if you want to create a new habit, like, you know, in January, people set these new New Year's resolutions. Most people don't stick to it. And uh, BJ Fogg went into the research about why this is. And the reason is really interesting is because our motivation fluctuates. It's high at certain times and then it goes down. It becomes very low. Think about if you want to do a new habit of, let's say, going for a walk every morning or let's say even meditating every morning for a certain amount of time. If you wake up and you've got a really strong headache or you're feeling really sick or um, you've got so much work and you need to get started on it straight away then it's going to be really hard to be motivated to do that meditation especially if you wanted to do 30 minute meditation every morning that's going to be very hard to do you're unlikely to do it and then you start thinking why did I not do it I'm not good enough and all, all the all the negative stuff that comes along with it what PJ Fogg's uh, breakthrough was, a couple of breakthroughs, one of them is that we need to start with a habit that's so small that even on the days when our motivation is very low, when we're not feeling great, we can still do it. And so you need to reduce it to no more than 30 seconds. If you can, reduce it down to 10 seconds. And so I had this idea of one mindful breath a day is my meditation and anything more is a bonus. Now, some of you may think, oh, that's just uh, pathetic. That's such a small amount of time. Come on. But it worked even on the days when I didn't, you know, when I would normally kind of drop out of the habit because if I'm not feeling well, I'm feeling sick, I'm not feeling like doing it. I could take one mindful breath and enjoy that breath. And then I'll do another one and another one. I can do more, but I don't have to. Just the one mindful breath is good enough. And in that way, I built up some other great habits too. Um, so that's one of the breakthroughs. Start really, really small. And so if you're willing to believe me and the research on this, then you could actually take this approach with your classes when you're running your mindfulness 
courses and classes, you can encourage them to do the 20 minute meditation, but you can also tell them as a backup plan or as a minimum, perhaps, is to start with these tiny habits. And you could even develop a course where you start very tiny. I think I've done that in the past, just with the 10 seconds a day and gradually build it up from there. Not even five minutes or 10 minutes like some people do. Can you do a five minutes meditation if you're feeling really sick and you've had a really terrible day before? You Probably not, but you could do one mindful breath. So take that approach. Um, now, the other breakthrough that uh, Tiny Habits discovered is the power of what is called celebration. A celebration doesn't mean you have a major party, or you could if you want, but the idea is that you have a small positive experience at the end of this tiny habit that you're cultivating. And what happens is that it releases a chemical in your brain called dopamine. And dopamine, dopamine is what helps to wire habits. When that chemical is released in the brain, the habit starts to get set. So here's an example of what you could do. You can say to yourself, after I wake up in the morning, because these tiny habits need to be linked to our previous uh, behaviors, and that's a way to remind you to, to do it. Because um, we've got all these habits that we already have, so we can hook it onto there. So after I wake up in the morning and my feet touch the floor, I will take one mindful breath and smile now after i feet touch after my feet touch the floor is is a good one if that's what you do in the morning because it's a very clear sensation a clear contact it's a sense of starting the day and so you can link a habit onto there very nicely i will take one mindful breath see so that would take about 10 seconds it wouldn't take too long you don't need much motivation so you can do that and then I said, I will smile. It doesn't have to be a smile. It could be whatever celebration works for you. But it's likely to create a little bit of positive emotion there. And if it creates a pleasant experience when you take this one mindful breath in the morning, and then you're just, just gently smiling, a little bit of dopamine might get released in your brain. And so it becomes a habit. And so you're less likely to forget it. So you don't have to, you know, put post-it notes everywhere. And even if you did, you'd probably not notice them. So this is a great way to, to set habits. And so you can you can connect and do this like all day, you know, after I sit down on my office chair, I could take a mindful breath. Uh, after I sit down for my meal, I could take a mindful breath. And the, the smiling and the celebration thing, you don't have to do it for long, actually. You just need to do it, you know, maybe for a week or two as you're starting your habit. And then it becomes a bit more likely to be wired in and wires in faster. Uh, just a little aside, you know how some people say it takes 21 days or 42 days to start a habit? Actually, that's not true. Not true at all. Uh, it depends on what the habit is. If you like chocolate and you eat a chocolate in the morning, you're not going to have to do it for 21 days in the row to make it into a habit, are you? <laughs> because it's creating a lot of positive emotion, a lot of dopamine if you like chocolate, and so it becomes a habit very quickly. Whereas something like, let's say you want to go to the gym even if you did it for six months, if you didn't go a few times, uh, the habit could get broken quite easily, If it, especially if you don't really like that and you're kind of forcing yourself to go. So it's not to do with how many days, it's to do with whether it's small enough so that you don't need much motivation. It's in a clear spot in your day. So after an existing habit works really well, particularly in the mornings, because we have a lot of habits. And little celebration, a little positive emotion, if you can create it and through 
It could be a smile. It could be like just saying yes or punching your fist in the air or giving yourself a high five, whatever. I know it's a little, it may be a little bit weird or cringy, but just a little, it could be just a little experiment that you do, you try. More important than all this, then I'm not sure if BJ Fogg um, emphasizes this, but I've learned this through the act, is to link it to something, to link it to remind yourself of how meaningful this is. So you're meditating, but why are you doing meditation? You're doing mindfulness, but why are you doing mindfulness? Because it makes you more peaceful, because it makes you more centered, because it gives you purpose in your life because if it eases your stress makes you help helps you to be kind to yourself and therefore kind to others so link it to link it to meaning and meaning actually creates motivation that's a nice little quote meaning creates motivation meaning uh, whatever gives us meaning and purpose in our lives helps to drive us to take action even on those days when it's difficult even if you're not feeling that great you know that i Mindfulness practice is important for me and I'm going to make the effort to do it because of this is in line with my values. This is what's important for me. So you can use that to increase your motivation as well. So that's all I wanted to share today. Uh, this is the kind of the last in the series. I may do one more kind of bonus little episode to wrap things up. Um, but really appreciate you being on this journey and listening to these uh, little tips very much uh, grateful for the people that have written a little review if you'd like to also contribute and just write a little review or just let me know how you've found the series and if you'd like to learn more and what questions are coming up for you i'm happy to answer them all sorts of different possibilities and directions we can go in but most of all very grateful that you're teaching mindfulness or interested in teaching mindfulness and spreading these, these powerful approaches that have been practiced for thousands of years and is really very much needed in our society right now. So thanks so much for listening and uh, maybe see you in the next one.